What's up, everybody? Welcome to the TAM Venture Capital Podcast. My name is Fernanda Sesto. I was born and raised in Uruguay, but I've been in the United States since 2019. I came to the States to study, and in May, I graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Business and a minor in Computer Science from the University of Rochester. Now I'm continuing my studies doing a Master's in Business Analytics at the Simon Business School. I'm very passionate about entrepreneurship, technology, and building things. I've been involved in the startup community for about four years now, doing different fellowships and internships. I created this podcast because I want to empower potential investors with insights into LATAM's thriving landscape and also guide Latin American entrepreneurs through the intricacies of US VC dynamics. I interview investors and entrepreneurs to learn more about their career backgrounds, market thoughts, and provide guidance to anyone who's interested in investing in Latin America. In this episode, I talk with Magdalena Coronel. Magdalena brings more than 15 years of angel investing, venture capital, and investment banking experience both in the United States and Latin America. She started her career as a venture capital analyst with Prosperitas Capital Partners, a fund and manager investing in early stage tech companies located in Uruguay. Later, she became Venture Start Program Manager at the Regional Technology Alliance in Sacramento, California, to later transition to Director with the Institute of the Americas, where she was responsible for the Innovation and Entrepreneurship Program. In 2018, she was a member of Holy Hand Loki Advising Clients in Valuation Matters, until she joined ITV Lab as a Senior Investment Officer, leading the direct equity arm of the lab in December 2020. Magdalena assumed the role of Chief Investment Officer of IDV Lab in September of 2021, and she holds that position until now. She also co-founded a 35-member angel investor network with a focus on deal flow from Argentina, Colombia, and Uruguay, and was a business fellow from Partners of the Americas and the U.S. Department of State Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs in 2011. Magdalena holds a BA in Economics from Universidad de la República Oriental de Uruguay and a Master's Degree in Business Administration from NYU Stern. Hi, Magdalena, how are you? Hi, Fernanda, I'm great. I'm enjoying summer in, in Washington, D.C. So good. So can you give the audience a quick introduction about yourself and what you do and how you got where you are? Sure, right sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for the invitation. It's great to be here. It's fantastic to be talking about um, the venture capital industry in Latin America and the Caribbean. This is uh, an industry that we are passionate about. I know we share that that same passion, so it's, it's fantastic to be here. My name is Magdalena Coronel. I'm Uruguayan. I'm Chief Investment Officer at IDV Lab. IDV Lab is the innovation lab and venture arm of the Inter-American Development Bank. We believe that through innovation, we can create impact. We can great impact in the lives of so many in Latin America and the Caribbean. We cover 26 countries and we have been investing in the venture capital industry for um, quite some time, since late 90s. So very, very excited to be here. Nice. Yeah, you guys do a lot in Latin America. Um, and I've been following the work that you have done for a while now. I initially actually learned about ITV Lab through the We Exchange program with uh, focus on women founders. So that's very cool as well. So, um, well, can you tell actually me more about like what different projects you have, like you guys have, for example, We Exchange, but I know you have other things in the ITV Lab. 
Sure, sure. So as the IDB Lab is the Innovation Lab and, and Venture Arm of the Inter-American Development Bank, we have been working with the venture capital industry and the entrepreneurial ecosystem for quite some time. And we do this looking for that kind of innovation that can create impact. And when I'm when we're talking about impact, we are talking about um, social and environmental impact. So we are talking about improving the lives of uh, poor and vulnerable population in Latin America and the Caribbean, as well as reducing gender and diversity gaps and helping the region face all the challenges that um, we are facing in terms of adaptation, mitigation, and uh, regeneration around climate change. These are key topics of conversation for, for us, and everything we do is based on those principles. So what do we do exactly? So the lab actually provides financing, knowledge, and connections to help support innovation in the 26 countries that we cover. So Mexico, all the way to Chile, including um, the Caribbean. So it's a very diverse uh, geographic region with a very diverse level of um, entrepreneurial ecosystem and entrepreneurial services for, for innovators and, and entrepreneurs and founders across the region. So we work through different financial products to support our mission. So we work from developing um, entrepreneurial ecosystem, working with accelerators, incubators, universities, um, through technical cooperation, so through grant-like instruments, to be able to have um, the platform that the entrepreneurs need to develop innovation and take it all the way to create a startup and become uh, a growth uh, company. Um, so there we work with different players across each one of the systems, understanding the ecosystems, um, each each one of the ecosystems that we that we cover, and we have a team across the twenty six countries to be able to develop exactly that the platform the the net uh, where the entrepreneurs can actually um, launch their their innovation and um, actually become um, successful um, companies. So first we develop the entrepreneurial ecosystem. Second, we have also technical cooperation and grant-like instruments to support very early stage innovation. We understand that when there's a very early stage innovation, it might be risky for the private sector or too risky for the private sector, I should say. So we need to be able to support this early stage innovation that sometimes is related to deep tech, to biotech, to ag tech, to health tech, and so on, to actually create those solutions that can close the gaps that we have in terms of development. And therefore, we focus very much in what I would say five different verticals. So solutions for ag tech, ag and food tech. So it's ag and food tech is extremely important in our region as we um, provide a lot of the food that is being exported to other regions and also to be able to solve our own food um, first food security issues. So ag and food tech is very important to us. Fintech for financial inclusion. We have a very large proportion of our population that is still unbanked, and that is extremely important, being able to bring our population into the financial system uh, so they can have access to the different financial services is key uh, for our conversation. So 
fintech and fintech related with um, the vision of financial inclusion is very important to us. Health tech, and after seeing the impact that COVID, COVID had, the COVID pandemic had across Latin America and the Caribbean, health tech is a very important conversation for us in terms of access to um, remote areas um, across Latin America and the Caribbean, access to um, health, um, basic service health is extremely important to us. And innovation there is key to be able to solve some deficiencies that sometimes public sector cannot actually cover. Um, fourth, um, education and skills, right? The skills of the future. Um, we have um, we have seen after the pandemic, the growth of um, digitalization across Latin America and the Caribbean, and that actually implies the need for new skills, right? So upskilling and reskilling are key topics in the conversation around development, being able to have um, structures that are flexible, structures that actually actually adapts to um, gig economy workers, that adapts to um, the gender diversity that we need to have, as well as provide those services around worker tech platforms for um, informal workers. We have a very large rate of informal workers across Latin America and the Caribbean, and therefore innovation and technology should be able to um, or could be actually a great solution for, um, for informal workers. Fifth, uh, what we actually call essential services. Uh, and this is access to connectivity, mobility that are key for the inclusion of poor and vulnerable population in the economic development of Latin America and the Caribbean. So those five verticals are key um, topics for us, key areas of focus for us, and therefore early stage innovation in these five sectors, as well as with the other instruments that I will share in, in a couple of minutes, are, are actually points of um, interest for us. Then we work with the venture capital industry, right? So going towards the development of uh, innovation to, an, to a startup and early stages of financing is key that we have uh, venture capital financing. If you look at the ratio of BC over GDP in Israel, you're talking about 1.9. In the States, you're talking about close to 1%, BC over GDP. In Latin America and the Caribbean, in average, BC over GDP of the whole region is 0.2%. So even though the industry has been growing, and we are talking about years like 2016, where the industry was closing around 500 million in deals, and last year we closed 8 billion, so the growth has been uh, very, very important, we still have room to growth. We still have room to growth. And in that regard, IDV Lab has been uh, a key investor for venture capital funds. We have invested in uh, more than 100 venture capital funds. Um, as of now, we have 55 venture capital funds actually act actively investing in Latin America and the Caribbean. We invest between three to five tickets each year into three to five funds. Um, so 
our investments in the venture capital industry are, are key for us, are key in the understanding of VC industry is uh, the, the, the one of the most important financial instruments to finance innovation and therefore we need to be there. And we need to be there even in years like this one, even more in years like this one where the liquidity um, for for alternative assets as venture capital is lower than the previous years and therefore it's more challenging to raise rounds at the level of the startups as well as raising funds at the level of the fund managers. So we develop ecosystem, we support early stage innovation, then we support um, venture capital funds. And two years ago, we started investing directly into tech startups. And we started investing directly into tech startups because we want to give a signal into the private sector that you can create market returns with impact. So in these last two years, we have invested in 25 companies from Latin America and the Caribbean, from edtechs to worker techs to fintechs, um, so agtechs, uh, health tech companies. Um, so we are very, very proud of uh, being being investors in companies that are doing are doing really well for the region and actually providing solutions for for the development um, issues that we have, but also are doing very well financially. So we are excited about that. We invest in um, Series A um, kind of rounds. We don't want to take room out of the private sector, so we follow venture capital funds. Um, we don't lead rounds. Uh, we co-invest with BC funds across the region, and we are very proud of that. And last but not least, not all the companies actually need equity to growth. Um, not all the innovation is tech-based, and therefore um, we have loan and debt instruments to support companies um, that sometimes are in a in a later stage, uh, and then they prefer to use debt so they don't get that um, so diluted, or they prefer to do lead because they are fintech that focus on lending and so on. So we have 150 um, loan operations now. We do a ticket around $2 million. And um, even in this kind of year where interest rates are high, where it's harder to get a loan, we need to be there more than ever. Well, awesome. Thank you for giving me that overview. I think it's very, it was very clear to follow and understand the different instruments and like how you guys um, work in different areas. I definitely really like that. Um, well, I personally think that Latin American entrepreneurship is already driven by impact and um, because of the problem, the nature of the problems that exist in the region. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that, you know, well, that's why personally, I mean, I'm from Latin America, Tim, but uh, I think it's also interesting to work with emerging markets because of that reason. There's so much opportunity to um, work with very like needed problems, like that they're like like healthcare or um financial inclusion. I think those problems are really interesting. And um at that's great. I didn't know that you guys were also directly investing into startups. So that's um news for me. So mm -hmm. awesome. Um so well as we just talked, like you guys are really focused on promoting the sustainable development goals in Latin America. And so 
when it comes to the founder or the fund manager perspective, um, what are some difficulties or challenges that you guys have seen um, when it comes to balancing, you know, the impact, the social, economic, um, and environmental impact and the profitability aspect? I know they're not like um, opposites and they align, but I'm sure like there must be sometimes some challenges when it comes to evaluating what options to take. For sure. And what I would say is, and I think you put it really well, right? And in emerging markets, I think um, the focus of venture capital, even though it might not be, um, at the beginning, might not be uh, driven through impact only, actually creates a lot of impact. And um, I would say that the biggest challenge or one of the biggest challenge that um, GPs and founders have is not being able to have the resources to measure the impact that they are generating. Um, I would say probably um, the fact that we need to improve how we measure impact. We need to be able to systematize that conversation and uh, bring that to the table as an attractive factor to actually get more investment is key in the conversation. So for each one of the investments that we do, we work with the founders or the GP to define certain indicators that we will follow across the years um, to understand the impact that they are doing. And I know that this can be intimidating because this actually um, brings a lot of work that sometimes an early stage startup might not have or a, or a GP is trying to understand how they will structure it. But actually measuring the impact that the startups and the VC community are generating, I think is key in the conversation for the next couple of years. It's even more challenging also when you add the climate dimension and how to, how to measure um, from reduction of emissions to the regeneration that we, that we should, that the company or the or the fund is creating through through their investments. Um, so I think it's part of the challenges that the industry needs to figure it out uh, in the next couple of years. And I believe that um, LPs, limited partners um, that are development institutions should have a supportive role there. Mm, yeah, that's very interesting. Measuring definitely. I think that's where I guess like. Um, analytics and having a lot of data, making sure that, you know, you have a very good um, data structure in, in, in your data infrastructure in your um, organization, in your startup or fund um, that you can keep track of certain things. But definitely like measuring seems like a interesting challenge as well for, for the startups. And, and I would also add... Um... Another um, complexity that is, um, it's extremely important how to measure and how we gather data. And it's extremely important to make sure that the algorithms that we are using actually do not have implicit biases, mm -hmm. right? So the fair and the ethic use of um, artificial intelligence and algorithms and the data that we, um, that we gather is key in the conversation as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so in terms of the landscape in the next 10 years, what do you think is going to happen? What are some trends that you've seen? Sure. Um, so I believe that looking back 
um, the industry has has grown a lot, right? We are talking about multiplying by 16 times the amount of investment in uh, in in venture capital in Latin America and the Caribbean. Of course, these years are challenging years considering the macroeconomic situation. But we we actually are seeing a positive trend and we are seeing that the reductions in the industry that have been happening is actually part of like a worldwide effect. So what I believe um, we can expect for the next couple of years is an industry that is uh, will get more and more relevance for sure. Um, we hope that um, there would be more investment coming to Latin America and the Caribbean. Uh, for sure, unicorns and successful companies um, with the healthy financial um healthy unit economics, that's key for the conversation, and it's key for the conversation and increasing M&As and IPOs. What you, what you, we were seeing in 2020-2021 was not only an increase in uh, venture capital funding, but also an increase in IPOs and M&A, and we need that whole cycle to make this industry um, successful and more appealing to other investors. So um, focus on M&A and exit opportunities are key to make sure that the industry is developing as a whole. What are the kind of um, challenges that I believe we still have and we need to face in the next couple of years? For sure, what we talk about, that the ratio of venture capital fund funding is still low. So an increasing in the ratio of the venture capital funding over GDP is uh, the main challenge, but also we have challenge in terms of concentration. So most of the resources in the venture capital industry as of now are going to the largest economies in Latin America and the Caribbean. So Brazil, Mexico, Colombia, Chile, Argentina actually attracts most of the um, BC dollars that um, are close in Latin America and the Caribbean. So actually helping and supporting nascent ecosystems where innovation is actually being developed is extremely important to break that concentration in just larger economies and make sure that the whole um, region um, is actually growing, growing in terms of BC funding. Second, sectors that um, the VC funding is landing. So most of the rounds are closed in fintechs. So only 7% of the um, almost $8 billion that were closed last year were actually allocated to healthcare, to health tech, ag tech, climate tech, so, and ed tech. So we still have a lot of concentration in fintech and a lot of opportunities will be raising in terms of ed and worker tech, health tech, ag tech, and so on. So I believe like an increase in funding in these sectors um, is a trend that we will be seeing. Um, third, there's a concentration in certain um business models. So most of the most of the fintechs or most of the unicorns in fintech, if you take a look at around payment system and um and structures, um yeah, and marketplace places and payment systems. So I think like a diversification to new, more innovative uh, business models is something that um, we're still um, hoping that will arrive. And last but not least, diversity. 
we need to see more diversity in terms of gender, in terms of ethnicity, in terms of race. Um, I believe that only 22% of the of the fundings uh, of the rounds of above $1 million last year had were actually in companies that had one uh, women founder, at least one women founder. So there's still so much that we need to improve there. So a more diverse industry actually speaks about different perspectives, uh, potentially um, better financial returns. And I think it's something that we need to target target for sure yeah yeah and then on that last note also like different um having different founders in the market might also serve different customers like different problems so I really like that too um okay and then lastly just uh you know this podcast is targeted towards like young investors um or college students who are interested in Latin America so what is some piece of advice that you would give us like people like me (laughs) who are trying to learn more Sure. Um, Connect with the industry, connect with the local ecosystem, understand who are the players, understand who is investing across uh, Latin America and the Caribbean. I think access to... access to the different players in the ecosystem is key. So talking to each other, sharing knowledge is part of the conversation. Um, So I would highly recommend um, the integration, the inclusion, the access to to the community that is behind entrepreneurial ecosystems. Awesome, perfect. Well, thank you, Magdalena. This is a very interesting uh, conversation. And thank you for giving me an overview of the IDV Lab very clear and um, I think it's very interesting to think about impact and how um, we can support the entrepreneurship um, ecosystem in in LATAM and also yeah like what's next right like what are some things that we gotta keep working on sure sure thank you so much for inviting me great to see you I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed listening to Magdalena's thoughts on the future of Latin America and learning more about how the ITV Lab supports entrepreneurship and innovation there. One of the things that I love about working with LATAM startups is that most of them are focused on solving present social or environmental issues without necessarily being an impact-focused startup. I think that's one of the coolest aspects of working in LATAM and also supporting the founders there. Thank you for listening today and make sure to come back again next week.